Bienvenidos to the Letters of the Ivy. That translates to Letters of the Family Quechua, where three siblings talk supernatural stories with the Latinx twist. I'm Melody, and my siblings are... Hi, everyone. I'm Grace. Hey, everyone. I'm Beto. And this week's topic is Joelma Building. Please Ooh. confirm I'm saying this right. <laughs> I, I think so. Joelma. Joelma. Joelma Building. Well, I, think it's, I think it's Joelma. Okay, so the Joelma Building in Brazil. So this week, it's actually a haunting. It's not a headless priest or a witch or a demon. Our darkest fears, my darkest fears. It's an actual haunting of a building. So it's a history that's like super recent, more or less. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about it? Good. I mean, it's it's like <laughs> an interesting story, as you will see. And uh, sad, very sad, at, at least for the the first story we're going to go over. It's It's very how so many people lost their lives yeah lost their lives to this building it reminds me of the um casa matosita from peru not like exactly you know but it it gives me those types of vibes those vibras you know yeah i feel like casa matosita was more like you're aware of it there probably there was real people involved in it but this is like it was on tv when it actually happened and stuff this is like real real pretty recent ish you know Mm -hmm. yeah is so uh but like it's not really what i mean like it gives me those similar vibes people died there like we know there's like actual death you know like mm-hmm. like uh, whereas like this isn't an ancient tale of 500 years ago you know what i mean yeah i think it's a pretty cool story to go into i feel like we haven't done one of these in a while a haunting yeah a haunting something like modern-ish yeah modernish that you could really go check out nowadays still case how are you feeling i feel like you're twitching a lot i'm not twitching i'm fine i've just been having like i it's just allergies i think it's allergies season for me so i'm like been popping a pill every day just to keep it under control my uh, eyes are aller- itchy. allergy pills just make it clear allergy pills. oh yes <laughs> i've just been so- popping pills to just keep me sane <laughs> yeah no it's allergy pills it's what is it allegra i think the real <laughs> lives of the work life <laughs> <laughs> no i nothing anything cast just me and Fisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i just needed some allergy pills daily and my eyes are itchy and right now i got like a pimple in my eye on my eyelid it's like no fun I don't know it's just been stressful but it doesn't matter everything is fine we're here recording which is which is fun <laughs> when you say it like that okay <laughs> indeed I do mean it I mean it wholeheartedly Vita, are you feeling better do you have allergies is there anything in your eye no um feel great um I got a haircut a surfing school Wait, you went surfing? Dog training. Yeah, I went when? Surf, uh, today and Monday. Isn't it cold, dude? Oh, today was especially cold. And you yeah. just go and freeze? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a wetsuit. On I mean, it was still It was still cold with the wetsuit, but it was really nice. Um, waves were pretty good. So I was happy. Sure. Okay. If that makes you and happy. It's, it's great exercise. I need it. We have a wedding coming up in a few weeks, you know? Oh, I don't remember. Um, I'm not trying to look like a, a chunk over there. I mean, I'm going to look like a little chonky, you know, your boy's thick right now, but I don't want to be you know, excessively chonky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm gonna be chonky, but not excessively chonky. Yeah, you know, it's... <laughs> oh my god, I'm getting that, so I nervous because it's in two weeks and these are forever photos. Oh, yeah. oh my god. So it's great. I mean, it's great exercise and having fun. Like I was sore as hell last week when I went. So I'm trying to go at least three times a week. Oh, great. And you start doing exercise too. <laughs> I hate so. it. I think it's just a good way to start for, you know, our summer buds, you know, just yeah. to keep started, start now rather than later, you know? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I took Dash to get his teeth cleaned and they did weigh him and they said he is fine at 30 pounds. Oh. He says they can see his waistline. So as long as they can see his waistline, he's okay. They told me as soon as he turns into a little square or rectangle, then, then we would have to change things up. But they said that his weight is okay. But, you know, it's so funny because I think I sent it to you guys, this like this Instagram of this one Corgi and he has a little friend and they, he, they like put his weight and the Corgi was like 26 pounds. And I was like, oh, that's a really skinny Corgi. And Dash is just a little chunky, he's a full 30 pounds. He's really long though. So Dash? I feel like, yeah, I feel like that helps <laughs> him out. You know what I mean? Like he's like, he's very long. Yeah, I've seen, cause I've met other Corgis and some of them are a little bit shorter, like more condensed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if the vet said he's fine, I'm not gonna like complain. I said chonky a lot, huh? About my dogs? About no, 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 about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just super nervous because I don't know if the dress that Grace you're letting me borrow if it's gonna be flattering. I'll I'll try it on, but we'll see. You haven't gotten it yet from mom. No, I don't think I'm gonna see her till next week. Mm. But yeah, so I'm super excited to hear about this haunting. I read a little bit about it. I skimmed it, and it seemed super. The way the link I sent you guys described it, I felt. What is it? They really they painted a picture. As yeah. I was reading it, I was like, this, this, is, is, put it. this is really sad. Yeah. Yeah. This is real sad. Okay. Well, Grace, do you want to get started and tell us how sad, how real sad this gets? Hope I don't shed tears today. <laughs> yeah. So the first, there's three different stories to the building, three different um, time spans. So the first one, well, it's not the first one. It's kind of like the middle one. It's called the, uh, the fire within this building. Mm-hmm. So this is a... Uh, 25 story so this building is 25 stories high yes and it stands proudly in the center in the city center filled with workers so it's a building that was filled with bankers um and supposedly the first 11 floors were parking which that in itself i was like wow 11 floors of parking and above the 11th floor so the 12th floor that's where all the people started filling up the building so it was it's a business building right or was yeah. it a business building? yeah it was a business uh, business building so somebody's was, building yes it was it was constructed in 1972 and it was an investment bank called Banco Crefisul um, that rented the building they were still settling in when an, an electrical short circuit in the air conditioning sparked a small fire on the 12th floor at around 8 50 a.m so it's so sad. It was just all an accident. Um, yeah. Wow. The Joelma building was filled with wooden furniture, carpeted floors, fabric curtains, and internal synthetic fiber linings. 
Yeah, all flammable materials that made it exceptionally vulnerable to a fire emergency. There were no fire alarms, sprinklers, or emergency exits. Dude, this place was like set up for a disaster. A fire hazard Mm. waiting, you know, it all waiting to happen. And it's, can you imagine this building was lined with flammable material? Yep. That 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 is amazing. Those who were on the 11th floor had enough time to make it to safety. I'm sorry. So I'm guessing the parking started from the 10th below. But as they pulled onto the streets, they were soon joined by a crowd. Everyone's eyes fixated skyward toward the upper floors. So like Melody said, this was this was news. This is real. People were surrounding the building and the building was up in flames. Like there's people probably still alive that were like, yeah, I was there. I saw it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the fire obstructed the stairs, shattering windows as the smoke choked out the oxygen. The firefighters could only reach the 16th floor with their ladders and helicopters were at risk of exploding and causing even more casualties if they got too close. So because it was burning flames inside the building, people that couldn't go down decided to go up. So they went to the roof trying to seek help. So they're like, okay, we're going to go to the roof. A helicopter's going to come and rescue us. But the smoke of the fire wouldn't allow the helicopters to get too close to pick up people. So there was, so these people were not able to get rescued. Right. So it was, it was, it was really sad. Um, Then those inside grew more and more desperate as they were cornered by the flames. 40 of them decided that they'd rather jump from the shattering windows from, than face the fire. None of them survived, but several cameras, this is funny. So, but several cameras caught the exact moment of their death. So that's not funny. Grace, that is not a moment to laugh. I read that specific part and I was like, reminded me of like 9-11. Yeah. Like, yeah. To film someone splatting down to their death phrase is not funny. No, I'm not trying to say it's it's funny. It's just that it's really because interesting how they- The punchline do- is coming. They jump at the building. <laughs> <laughs> like what are you talking about like that's not what's funny what i'm saying is that they decided to include that in this article like but like they didn't survive but several cameras caught their death like do we need to know that cameras caught their death i don't know it just seemed it's the drama they need to yeah. add the drama because i'm assuming when you're falling the smoke was probably covering them so once they hit the ground maybe that's all they could see was them hitting the ground yeah maybe and it is said that one of the people that jumped out jumped off the building with the baby no yeah and the mom died but the baby lived no way that's crazy the baby lived oh man i guess that's worth it and now we're going to touch upon these 13 men and women who basically devised a plan to escape the building. Mm-hmm. Um, after finding no possible exits, they tried their luck with a risky plan. The plan included an elevator, which still was working at the time that they decided to take it. It was not easy to find the elevators through the fire and smoke, but they finally did, and together they boarded. So they assumed like, okay, this elevator, if it can take us down to the 10th floor, we'll be safe. You know, we'll just keep taking us down and we'll get there. Sadly, it didn't go that way. 
One of them hit the bottom to close the floor, close the doors. The air was hot and almost unbearable inside the metal walls of the elevator box. They pressed more buttons to command the elevator to take them to the lower floors where the fire would not be able to reach them, where they would be safe. Most of the 13 were dehydrated, had inhaled too much smoke, and were close to collapsing. They knew they would find help below, but even the short elevator ride was perilous. The elevator whirled, coming to life as it started to bring them to safety, until the flames found them again and suddenly stopped. So the metal box did not come crashing down. Instead, it hung there as the air continued to grow hotter, thicker with the smoke. When it became obvious that no one was coming for them, no one possibly could even could when the flames were still so powerful they huddled together sharing one last gesture of camaraderie this is sad the 13 pulled each other in a tight embrace preparing themselves for what was to, what was to come and when firemen finally got the flames under control and entered the building to recover the bodies they found the 13 it was a gruesome scene many of their remains had partially fused with the metal walls it was impossible to tell who was who what they were wearing what their names were, or even which body parts belonged to which person. How sad. They were buried side by side in 13 adjoining graves in the newly opened San Paolo Pedro, Pedro Cemetery. So this is kind of what turns into, I think this is what turns into Melody's story, but Melody will touch upon it when we get to her part. Um, but all in all, this fire killed, hold on, I know how many people it killed. 189 people and it injured 350 people um, yeah and um but due to this fire uh they upgraded all of the buildings i'm gonna say all of the buildings um they came up with fire codes as well for certain buildings to be constructed to prevent something like this happening but the worst thing about it is that two years before this fire there had been a similar fire but the, but the good thing about that one was that there was no one in the building, not in the same building, but in a building close, closely in parameter to this one. But since no one was injured or killed, they were like, ah, it's okay. It's not going to happen again. And it was due to an accident also to a short circuit. No one paid attention. And then it happened now this one where 189 people died. And that's when yeah. finally they paid attention and they're like, okay, we need to put up all these codes, these fire safety codes and upgrade these buildings. Mm, so thankfully they did. And they have some Powell Brazil hasn't experienced um, another fire like this in a building mm-hmm. um, since then. So wow. what do you think of this building? Isn't it sad? That's so scary because it can happen to anyone. But it made me think of those buildings that fell in Miami. No one survived, right? No, I don't. I don't, They found some people after the debris, but they kept a lot of people were missing and died, of course, obviously. Yeah, I. I mean, my building's over a hundred years old. She's standing strong. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think I'm okay. That's scary to think that you're just at work one day and then I would. What you, you were reading, what you were. Um, discussing I read that like within 20 minutes it all happened Hmm. it went into flame in 20 minutes so imagine like it was just 20 minutes the whole building was up in flames like what 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 would happen if I was in the bathroom you would just hope someone comes into the bathroom to yell fire you know (laughs) what would happen (laughs) like you're 
you know, you're taking a dump one moment. Next thing you know, you're like, it's kind of hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that going on? smell is not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is very oh, sad. man. Yeah, no, it's a tragic story. It's and tragic it's not story. that long ago, because I know I heard another story of, it was in New York, but it was like at a factory, like in the 1920 or 30s. And yeah, same thing. Um, there was a fire. People like ran down the elevator. They threw themselves off. But that was, this was in the 70s. And I think it's something like Ray said, it, they, we should, they should have known better because there was kind of like a, a practice thing and no one was inside and they didn't learn from it. Did anyone get sued for this? I, I have no idea. They didn't bring anything, any of that up. No but may, maybe, or maybe because it wasn't a zoning requirement. Oh, at that time. The building code at that time, no one really could get sued. So maybe after the fact, mm-hmm. then it would have been something to bring up, but not then. Do you want to take us to the next story, Bethel? Yeah, what sure. Up? So the next story takes us back a little bit. Prequel. 19... We're doing a prequel. The prequel. I don't uh, know why they set it up like this. Maybe we should have organized it differently, but this is the real beginning to this. Anyways, go so- on. Maybe there's something before, but I mean, we'll talk about that because yeah. I think there's something before. Grace mentioned it before off camera, you know. So this is, uh, I guess, taking it back to 1948. On the block where Huelman Building would one day be built, there was a piece of private property belonging to Paulo. So I'm going to pronounce it Ferreria, but I think in Portuguese it's spelled Ferreira. Um, so Paulo Ferreira de Camargo, a young chemistry professor. Although his house was humble, it's close to the proximity to the center of Sao Paulo, made it a good spot to live. There were shops nearby as well as other, as well as the Teatro Municipal. So which was like the- What's a municipal? Um, I think it said the important theaters in Brazil. So like the oh, municipal, okay. so like the city the theater. A theater? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was rather reported in Brazilian media that Puelma building was built on the site of Camargo's home. So I guess this bank building was built on top of his home. Okay, um, so the building that was caught, well, the building that was caught on fire was built on top of where this guy's home used to be. Allegedly. Some people are saying that it was built on the block. Some people are saying it was built on top of. So ah. there's no like confirmed, you know, like it's cheese. What's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's local cheese, man, you know. Cheese but cheese man, because we're we're repeat we're repeating it till this day right now. Till this day. Mm-hmm. Right. So a new the newspaper called uh, Noite mm-hmm. uh, would later report that the young professor Camargo made frequent visits to the hospital along with his mother and his sisters. Camargo's mother, Benedita, had cancer. Maria Antonetta, the middle child, suffered from epilepsy, and Cordelia, Paulo's youngest sister, had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. My the hospitals goodness. were. Paulo de Margo met Isaltina do Amaros, a nurse whom he would fall in love with. The love story began like a fairy tale uh, with Dos Amaros' mother, Fortuna, who wholeheartedly accepted Camargo, so the chemistry, the chemistry professor. Is Caramango the first name or last name? A last name. His last first name. name is Paulo. Paulo, okay. Did not catch that, okay. Uh, later in an interview with this newspaper, Fortuna would state that she had loved Paulo like a son. Actually, she had. She said she loved him even more than she loved her own son. I'm like, Ew. damn, that's wild. Why would she say that? But okay, I don't, I don't know. Okay. You know, like 
Who says that? That's rude. That is rude. I know I would be upset if like mom <laughs> said that about one of your guys' partners. I'd be like, damn, I knew she didn't like me. just my face god that's so rude (laughs) you have to let the whole world know before you tell me like i was like damn i thought you kind of liked me drama no so trouble began brewing when camargo's mother so the paulo uh benedita learned about her son's relationship with the social pariah before meeting camargo dos amados had fallen in love with someone else and lost virginity at the time which this they say losing virginity was an unpardonable social sin why people know their people's business god sorry like sao paulo was like a smaller town in the 40s so like you know how everybody is in small towns no offense if you're from a small town yeah we we live there a lot of cheese men small towns or do kids in town don't hold it against each other anyways so camargo took matters into his own hands, making Dos Amadas' life, oh, I'm um, sorry, Camargo's mom made it as difficult for Dos Amadas' life as difficult as possible, not even allowing Camargo, the main guy, Paolo, to talk to the young woman on the phone. Later, Dos, Am- Dos Amadas. I missed the part. Why doesn't the mom want to let Paolo talk to the her, her daughter anymore? Because she's a social pariah. She, she lost is- her virginity to somebody else. So she, as she wants her daughter to stay with the guy she slept with? No, 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 no. It's, it's Camargo's mom that does Paolo's it. Paolo's mom. Yes. I think we should use first names with Melody. Okay. Right. <laughs> I think there's just a lot of people involved in Paolo's love life. And, you know, relationships are between two people. <laughs> so the only ones that matter really is Paolo, the chemistry professor. <laughs> Benedita, the mom. Uh-huh. And what's of Paolo. So that's Paolo's mom. Yes. Uh, so it's Paolo, <laughs> Benedita. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to call her Dos Amaros. That's the wife, girlfriend. And uh, that's the story about those three. So three people. Mm-hmm. Paolo, his mom, and the love interest. Yes. Yeah, let's just let's just focus on those three. Okay? <laughs> good? So, okay, where we're at with this is that the love interest has a new love interest that's not Paolo. Oh Lord! All right, well, we're gonna start this. Should just Claire. Okay. All right. For maybe who knows? Maybe a listener. I'm not good. Let's not. Let's not get frustrated. Maybe the listeners are also having this issue as well. All right. So, chemistry. 1948. There's a chemistry professor. Have you just seen that though? Okay. There was a chemistry professor in the year 1948. All right. Okay. okay. And I heard uh, all his. I heard his like story. He, you know, he's, he's got some yeah. real, a lot of his family members have like medical issues uh-huh. and stuff. And Grace and I were like, oh, that sucks. Damn. And then he met a beautiful nurse. Uh-huh. Da, 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 da. So heterosexual. Okay. okay. And then what happened? Okay. So he met the mother. You know what? Let's just scratch that whole part. If you guys <laughs> want to learn about the mother, you guys can read it on the source. All right. Let's get down to the fucking spark notes of this that matter. Please, All right. Please. Take us to the drama. Okay, yeah. what the heck we're trying, but so this guy's girl, Dos Amaras, Dos Amaros, she slept with a guy before she got with this guy, with Paolo. Okay. So that made her a social pariah. Because obviously okay. at that time they were probably religious and they're like, no, she lost her virginity. I don't want my son with this woman. She's not okay? pure. She's not pure. She can't dress in white. Blah blah blah. All right. Melody so, gets it right. You get it now. No, you get it. You're cool. You're tracking. Uh huh. Uh huh. You're taking me directly to the cheese man. That's all right. Great. Cool. 
Sometimes uh, I don't want the scene to be painted. Sorry, I, I just couldn't connect the two. Continue. It's okay. So as you heard <laughs> earlier, Paolo has two sisters. Mom uh-huh. tells two sisters. Sisters agree with mom. Hmm. They agree with mom and they helped her. So when Paolo, oh, when Paolo found out about his family's efforts to keep him from his love, he was uh-huh. infuriated. Uh-oh. He apologized to Los Amados profusely, which was his girl. He apologized mm-hmm. to her. He reportedly opened up to her about the strain of dealing with his family's health issues, about how tired he was being around them so often and how unbearable they could be. Damn. He's, yep. Mm-hmm. That's never not good. That's not good to Benita. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know her name. Okay. Um, <laughs> he insisted that he was the man of the house and should <gasps> not have been disrespected by them. Wow. Damn. Okay, Pablo. Now right. you're a man all of a sudden. Ah, okay, Paolo. Okay. Uh, though the couple remained together, something had changed in Paolo. He became withdrawn and depressed. Not even Dos Amaros could fully understand why. Soon, soon Paolo approached one of his students, a young man named Benito. This is so weird. This is a weird part. What happens now? With a simple but unsettling request. Paolo brought a gun to school where he worked at, explaining to the young student that he was conducting an experiment on the reverberation of sound. Okay. He said he needed Benedito to stand outside of the school's lab with the door closed to test if the noise of the gun would go off was audible outside. The noise of the gun going off. Although it struck him as an odd request, Benedito agreed. When Camargo fired the gun, uh, Paolo, uh, Benedito, Benedito standing outside the door closed reported that he could still hear something akin to an explosion but muffled after that Paolo suddenly and unexpectedly had well built had a well built in his backyard so backtrack um yeah if I'm going to like college and my professor's like hey dude I have a gun do you mind just like stepping out and just telling me if it sounds really loud I'm gonna be like what I'm not your like audience. I'm like your student. <laughs> when I ask like a colleague, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys ever been that tight with a professor that you think they would tell you they have a gun? No. I don't That's scary. That is scary. Like, especially if like, hey, can you stay after class? I'm gonna ask you for a favor. And then when you're there, he's like, hey, look, I have a gun. I'd be like, <gasps> Like, I think I should leave now. Yeah. But maybe he felt threatened. If he wouldn't listen, he could get killed. I don't know. The dynamic. Yeah. You're right. I guess a, a red flag would have been like, how often does a teacher or a professor ask a student for a favor at all? Yeah. Or especially with a gun. But did yeah. the, like start it off like that? He's like, hey, because if a professor was like, hey, Grace, could you stay after class? I need to talk to you. I'd be like, oh, maybe, maybe my professor needs to talk to me about my paper or about my participation or like that's how you would think when a professor like hey can you stay after class yeah I mean that's true I mean he brought it on like an experiment you know so maybe the student held him to such a standard that he's like yeah let me help the professor with the experiment I don't know but we're, we're getting off track but that was weird I thought that was weird and then what happened so Paolo suddenly, and it says inexplicably, had a well built in his backyard. A well, like, you know, like a water well, just in case. Mm-hmm. I know what a well is. Um, okay. I'm just trying to be specific. There's one in white. I know what it is. Okay. Shortly after the well was completed, Paolo then shot his sisters and his mom in cold blood. 
My God. Yeah, he shot his mom in the chest twice, dying almost immediately. Uh, his One of his sisters, he shot in the back of the neck. Um, though the injury didn't kill her immediately, she did, eventually died of internal bleeding. And the last one was shot three times, once in the neck, twice in the back. Why the neck? I don't know. I'm assuming, like, he probably didn't do it point blank and did it from, like, somewhat of a distance as he was aiming for her head. Maybe. Okay. Or was aiming for her chest and it, like, bumped up, you know, like, when he shot? Yeah. Um, it, it says that apparently he had also tied her up uh, to ensure to stay put before he killed her. So, um, it says he wrapped the three women in black shrouds and covered their heads with hoods before throwing their bodies inside the newly completed well. After that, he sealed the well shut. Even with the bodies disposed of, Paolo still needed an explanation for his family's sudden disappearance. He informed his friends and co-workers and neighbors that his mother and sisters had gone gone off to a different state to spend some time on a farm. When I said when I heard this, and I was just like, you see, like I have heard the phrase before, like, oh, I took my dog to a farm. And I'm like, oh, that means they like, you know, like they killed the dog. So whenever anyone says anything like, oh, I'm going to a farm, I'm like, Usually means they're dead. So they're going to a rehab. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a while later, a while later, he paid a visit to a friend, Jose Ramos Rosa, asking to borrow a suitcase so he could bring his family home. Three days later, Camargo sent a letter to Ramos Rosa, uh, Dos Amaros, and others informing them that his family had been in an accident and their car had fallen off a cliff. He urged Dos Amores to be careful around cars. Paolo also contacted Carlos, his half-brother, and informed him of what happened. Damn, the mom was so judgy, but she had, like, another son and shit? Like, a half-brother? Like, you know, like, I don't know. Okay. Three days later, Camargo sent letters. Okay. Um, Carlos visited Camargo, or Paolo, Mm -hmm. as soon as his brother went back to Sao Paulo, but he quickly became suspicious of his story. Each time Carlos asked the details of Paolo's story seems slightly different, more unsettling. Paolo did not have his family's death certificates. He gets Uh-oh. to get to the bottom of things. Carlos informed the police. Carlos is the half brother. Carlos informed the police. Snitching. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So did um, Paolo Mazi, which is a different Paolo, a neighbor who had noticed Camargo stealing off his wall <laughs> shortly after it had been completed. Damn. When the police came to Camargo's home to investigate. At least nineteen days after the murder, he mocked the police. He what? Uh, mocked the police. Oh, he mocked the police. Okay. Why did he mock the police? Uh, I guess like trying to scoff and like throw them off the scent. Like, you think I would kill them? Like, oh, okay. Get okay. the fuck, you know, like get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why I went to like that. a 1930s mobster voice, but so, yeah. <laughs> um, it totally painted the scene of how he would react to like the cops accusing him. He'd be like, yeah. me? Oh, I could hear you. Mm-hmm. I'm a professor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he uh, suppose this is in quotations. So I'm assuming this is like directly from a police report or something. Um, it says, "Do you gentlemen believe I'm insane? That I'm unhinged enough to have killed my mother and my sisters and buried them in my backyard?" Oh, that's so ah! funny. My mom, my house is all yours. Search it all you want. A reporter from Noite stated, Paolo told the officers, the the guy, not the neighbor, uh, when they arrived at his home, which is pretty funny. That's like. You know how people say that sometimes? Like, I don't, I don't have a good example, but when they try to scoff at it, like, oh yeah, and then I ate all the cake, right? 
and there's like <laughs> chocolate on their face. <laughs> <laughs> Usually like how it goes. Like Sebastian, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you ask I, your dogs, who ate it? And they're like, what? And there's yeah. stuff on their face. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming that's that's pretty much what he did, but with, you know, like murder. Yeah. So Paolo knew, however, that he was doomed the moment that they uncovered the well. So cops obviously uncovered it. He has to be excused and locked himself in the bathroom where he stashed the murder weapon with the same gun he had used to murder his family. Paolo oh then shot himself in the heart and died before explaining anything to the police. Everything the authorities had and the media ever known to be pieced together by those that were left behind. So eventually they you know, pieced everything together um, without any you know, confirmation from Paolo himself. So oh what happened to his love interest? I think they uh, never got married or anything. I'm assuming no, because you know, like murder. He killed himself. A bit of a turn I off, know that. Where you missing? married with her and like he knew his family was gonna disapprove that's why he had to kill them but like like what the fuck you just killed them and like you weren't like really with her this seems a little like impulsive <laughs> yeah i feel like maybe there was probably clearly there's some like medical issues in that family mm-hmm. um maybe he also himself issues. had like maybe he had like some type of bipolar disorder maybe just because it does seem drastic like it says here though the couple remained together something had changed in paulo he became withdrawn and depressed not even those amaros fully understood why so it seems oh. like the it seems like there was a drastic change in behavior on his part after the mom and the sisters uh, decided to make her life unbearable her being like the significant other Mm-hmm. so it seems like after that there was a drastic change in behavior so like because something was so unsettling it triggered him to doing something crazy if there's no timeline so it's obviously hard we don't know if this happened within days of mm-hmm. all that scandal or like months and if it was days obviously maybe it could have been a bipolar episode it could have that's true it doesn't really give us a timeline so it could be yeah because the only thing we know is 1948 mm-hmm. oh well thank you for that story Bethel. I did have a hard time following, but that's not your fault. As you can tell, I had questions at all the wrong times. <laughs> no, I had to no, it's, at all the wrong times. I think it's perfectly great that you had those questions because you never know. What if there's a listener out there that's like the same and they're like, I don't get what he's saying, so I need to be more thorough, you know? <laughs> what did I ask? Uh, I think I got confused with the names. <laughs> what happened? I'm like who everybody was. Yeah, I got confused with the names. And this was before the fire. So I know like they were saying that because of that tragedy. Okay, so moving on to the third part, the third story. Okay, so I'm just going to talk about like, well, it was saying that I know they were mentioning how the tragedy of Paolo killing himself and his family is linked to the fire kind of. Well, it's linked by location, right? Like one doesn't really have to do with the other. It's just that they're, they both happened around the same area. Yeah. So because of those two things happening in the same area, 
as of right now and time after the fire, apparently people who walk around this area, around that building, feel certain things. They see certain things. They hear certain things. So basically saying that the area is like haunted. And I'm going to get into the specifics of like what people hear and stuff. Because that building was rebuilt and it's also still a commercial building. So I guess people who work there say that creepy stuff happened in the parking lot. I wanted to just explain the haunting to get like a reaction out of you guys, because the building has been rebuilt and it's still a commercial building, but they say that the parking lot's haunted specifically. So like I was saying that like if my parking lot was haunted, I'd be freaked out because I feel like parking lots in general kind of creepy because it's usually quiet or well, depending which parking lot, not Walmart's parking lot. That could be dangerous for Hollywood way. Yeah, Walmart parking lots are scary. Mm-hmm. They're scary. Yeah, people in there are intense. They're like intense. Well, anyways. Yeah, not because they're haunted, but just <laughs> like I've like heard stories of Walmart. I mean, not just Walmart. I just think any parking lot, you just have to be weary. It's very stressful. Like a supermarket parking lot is very stressful because you're just trying to get your meal preps and stuff and you're there and you just have to hope everything's there so you don't have to come back. So I could see why everyone's there and everyone's there with their families and everyone's screaming and crying. But, you know, my parking lot works not like that. There's just always, like, fake lashes on the floor. I found (laughs) other inappropriate things in that parking lot. But in the parking lot for this building, they say that their car lights will turn on and off without them, like, touching their car. Whoa. They're going to, you would, let's say we would be there. We would hear screaming, crying, moaning. Whoa, my God. I would be so freaked out. I would get really scared. Mm -hmm. Do you, like, what I th- would you ask security to walk with you? Would you pepper spray the ghosts? What would you do? Well, I mean, imagine you're walking and then you hear like howling and people asking for help. What would you do? <gasps> yeah, that's terrifying. Because it's not like someone like says boo. No, I mean, you jump and you drop your stuff. It's like, it's like people screaming for help. Like, where are they screaming? Like, who do I help? And so it's yeah, just like, it's not because whenever you, people say that, like it took me a second to process it because I just started thinking of Scooby-Doo and I just think like, <laughs> but really it's more like, <gasps> like it's like real screams like that. Yeah. Yeah. It must be intense to hear. I've never heard real screams like to think about it. I think I've heard like footsteps. I've heard my name called. I'm sure I've heard other things, but I don't think I've ever heard like crying. Have I heard crying? Have you guys heard crying before? Uh, like hysterical crying? I don't know. It's just so sad to hear like a strong emotion like that. And I, I've never heard that. I've only heard like footsteps. Grace, you're thinking something. What have you heard? Tell us, Grace. Hmm? No, I'm trying to make sense here. No, I'm Willis. Are you the little kid? I'm not a ghost. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I've never heard like crying or or screaming i've just heard like you like someone call out my name that's as far as it goes yeah i've never really heard anything like that hmm, interesting okay so around the building but we're gonna bring it back so we're around the building like i how i mentioned it's coincidentally haunted not a surprise but they're saying that a big other site where it's like super super scary is the graveyard near there that was built in 1972 And I guess to honor those 13 bodies that they found, because Grace mentioned that they weren't able to identify them, they buried them together at this gravesite. 
But the thing is, when people go there to the grave site to like pay their respects, people get freaked out because they'll hear what Grace said. Like they'll hear screaming, moaning, but kind of like a cry for help, you know, because they died together. And they said something super interesting that instead of giving them flowers, they leave like like little things of water to them Mm. to calm them down. And that freaks me out because, you know, obviously they were on fire. So like do the ghosts in, in their like world, do they put like the water on them? to like make them feel better I just Mm. thought it was super different because you would think that so they're not resting in peace that's what's so sad yeah they gave them their sight together they're not resting in peace but they do say that leaving the things of water helps like little cups of water but till this day supposedly if you go there you can hear the crying and screaming And then this leads to something interesting in the article we all read about the Buddhist monk that I guess they brought in a monk to kind of like clear the air. And the monk says like, I'm going to do my thing. I'll try my best. But he said like, what happened here? He can't clear it. Like there's no way around it. Uh Yeah. Like there's, there's no way around it. Like, I think it's kind of the same thing with like of a priest. They might like temporarily they'll bless it but I feel like it's kind of like a band-aid yeah not a cure Mm. yeah that's what creeps me out like so what is the cure and then someone in that article we read brought up the thing of like curse reasoning that if like let's say you and all of us go somewhere that we know is haunted that there's like a very 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 high percentage we're going to hear something because we pre-knew that something had happened there And that like, as humans, we're always trying to put logic in things and trying to understand things. Mm -hmm. So if someone tells us something, we kind of receive that information and like repeat it ourselves and go through that experience because someone said that that's what we're supposed to experience. So like, is there really a curse? Is there really crying and screaming? Or are we experiencing that because someone else said it? Yeah, like we're playing tricks on ourselves. So I think we should go to Brazil and find out. (gasps) But the problem is that we already know. So then we'll take mom. And I'll tell her. No, not tell. Do not tell mom. (laughs) The most dramatic woman I've ever (laughs) met in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, I might cut this out. I was like, the only time I've ever heard someone scream hysterically is mom. (laughs) (laughs) You scared her. She's very (laughs) calm. She screamed for like a minute. <laughs> it was so funny. Secrets, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, because, like, I tried once scared the shit out of Mel, but it, Mel doesn't really scream. She just kind of, like, it's like a hamster when or like a possum where you're just like, <gasps> and then it looks like it faints. That's what it seems like <laughs> with Mel. Because, like, I remember, I think I was driving with Mel, and there was, you know, those semi trucks that go like, that are getting towed by another semi truck. Yeah. So it looked like the semi truck was coming on to us. Hmm. And like Mel was falling asleep. So I was just like, oh shit. And Mel was just like, <gasps> and just kind of froze. So Mel didn't scream. If I die, then, I die. <laughs> and then she looked terrified. So, but mom's was way funnier. <laughs> the drama. Greatness. Yeah, because like she screamed for so long. I like, my reaction stopped. <laughs> Eventually it was just like, boo. And it went from laughing to she's still screaming to like me logically like standing there like 
she's really still screaming. (laughs) I remember being upstairs and hearing her like continue on with her scream. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) But yeah, mom screams like she has a very distinct scream. But do you guys think if we were to go here, if anyone would go to this like area, do you guys think you would hear screaming? Would your lights turn on and off? Hmm. It'd be interesting to go. I mean, maybe we may not, but if all of these tragedies, which one obviously did, no, two obviously did happen because they, the two that we spoke about were reported, there might be really heavy energy around there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Right. So if by anything, we're going to feel that energy, but I don't know if we'll, so we'll hear screaming and shouting, but, um, but I don't know. What do you think about them? These stories make me a little uncomfortable. Why? Because I feel like there, there's, I don't know, whenever something that horrid happens, I feel like something stays imprinted. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. like, I don't know, like, maybe it's just my, like, superstition of how we grew up or whatever, but I, it just sounds like there was a lot of torture. We didn't get into it too much, but there were some other articles saying, like, there was a lot of slave trading and torturing happening in that area um where this building's at so i I just feel like obviously there was slave trading happening like all over the world right and wherever it is i don't know if you notice especially in the south it's always sounds very like oh those those houses are still haunted by the spirits of of the slaves that were tortured there you know yeah so i don't know i definitely feel like it's not all sunshines and rainbows in that area Mm. that even if we weren't told I, I feel like we would probably expect the vibe you know maybe it's me just being superstitious I don't know and then the, the whole conspiracy part comes into mind I'm like damn why would they just set this building up for failure like they set it up so they almost made it as if it was going to be there, there were going to people dying no matter what and so then there's just like was there and like all the wood why was everything so flammable in the building it's you just know? like the 70s and it was a vibe I don't know you know so i'm like did they have life insurance policies on these employees you know like um was there an insurance policy on the building like things like that make me think and questionable like obviously would big corporate america do that i don't know or that big corporate brazil grace is googling away (laughs) yeah so uh, maybe i'm just very cynical or maybe i'm too conspiracy theory minded i don't know but it's just it, it just seems so sad how it was just set up for failure. Yeah. And it wasn't a few people. It was many people who died. Yeah, hundreds. Hundreds. Mm-hmm. So um, I know in some articles, it said that there was, but Grace said 189. Some said 179. Some said 227. It's a uh, so lot. It's, it's a lot insane. of people. Yeah. And then that doesn't count the hundreds that were injured. And we don't think injuries are much, but what if these people had like 75% of their body burned, you know? No. So that changes lives permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I could think of as to why everything was so flammable is that air conditioning was invented in 1901. 1901. And 1901. And it, it started soaring worldwide in the 1970s. Mm. So maybe they really didn't know it wasn't set up correctly. Yeah, like that they, that the air conditioning could cause a short circuit. They didn't understand how the like how it pulled so much electricity which would cause it to circuit. 
and how to protect themselves. That's why, I don't know. I just feel that a lot of safety precaution wasn't taken till later on. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's just maybe plain ignorance. Like people didn't know people were just trying to keep everybody cool. Cause in Brazil, it gets really hot and humid. So maybe it was just all innocently done. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be something else also. So, I don't know. Uh, do I believe in this? Uh, a little bit, I think. A little bit. Just because there's so much death. I believe in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. I believe in it as well. Mm, I would love to go. So many places we need to go. But this is definitely one place that is that truly does have a haunting. Yeah. I feel like yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Feel I would not want to work there. Oh, no. I would not even mm-hmm. want to go into that building. Nope. I wonder how I think it is to work. Imagine staying there late at night to complete a no! Yeah, that's not doesn't sound like the business. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I do appreciate how kind the locals are. Like I saw the pictures. I don't know if they're locals or I don't know if they're like family, how they do leave cups of water for the yeah. victims. I do appreciate that though. I found it very interesting how people, you know, there were pictures of the burning building in the 70s when it was happening i found it really interesting how people were just standing outside staring i was like people aren't you guys scared the building's gonna tumble down like aren't you scared you know i was like all the debris you're smelling why don't you just go home and they're just there like gawking at the fire i know i wouldn't be standing there i would be like okay i'm leaving bye i don't want to get killed maybe that's really insensitive i'm not a looky loo either yeah like yeah, i'm some people can't help it like i i don't know maybe i'm I'm not giving it the justice it deserves, but I'm like, when there was fights in high schools, everybody wanted to run and go see the fight. You I know what I mean? I wasn't one of those. I'd be like, yeah. bye. I'm there was a lot of kids running to go see it. But obviously, like, some people need to see the train wreck happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just wait to hear the story the next day. I remember I was like, I would run towards the food. I'm like, yes, the lunch line's free. <laughs> <laughs> there's a distraction <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah so it's just different perspectives this place yeah. is definitely haunted this area is definitely haunted yeah. would i go probably yes with a cup of water <laughs> mm-hmm. good vibes good, good vibes. vibes but yeah guys this is an interesting sub- topic very different from our usual all right guys so uh we got caught up in conversation and uh didn't record an outro so thank you bye